do. 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse number 1. The Bible says, then, we've been waiting for this then for a long time. The Bible says, then came all the tribes of Israel to David unto Hebron and spake, saying, Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh. Also in time past, when Saul was king over us, thou wast he that leddest us us out and broughtest in Israel. And the Lord said to thee, Thou shalt feed my people Israel, and thou shalt be a captain over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king to Hebron. And King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. And David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 30 and three years over all Israel and Judah. David finally reaches the throne. We've only been at this since March. And David finally reaches the throne of Israel. Of course, David's been waiting between uh, 15 and 20 years. Okay, not just a couple months. He's been waiting 15 and 20 years for this to happen. But the title tonight is this. God always keeps his promises. I just, uh, just, we could keep going and there's more that we could cover, but we're just going to stop. We're going to deal with these verses and what took place. God always keeps his promises. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for the plans that you have for us. We thank you, Lord, for your will for your promises that you've given us. And Lord, help us to remember, even when times get dark, even when things go uh, not the way that we would think, help us, Lord, to consider your word, what you've given to us, and remember that you always keep your promises. Pray, Lord, that you bless the service. Help us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's nothing quite like having a promise, having a hope, That's not fulfilled, right? The Bible says, hope deferred, in the book of Proverbs, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. When you're looking forward to something and you're expecting something and you're hoping it's going to come and it doesn't happen, it'll let you down. There's nothing quite like hoping and uh, someone says, says, I'm going to come to church. I promise I'm going to be there that Sunday. They don't come. And, and, or uh, we, get, we almost get used to broken promises from people around us. Sometimes you, someone promises something, you can almost, well, it'd be nice if they would do that, but I don't have any expectations, right? We kind of keep ourselves in reserve sometimes. But you never have to do that with God, ever. Now, God's timing is not our timing. Sometimes we want to speed God's timing up and say, well, God, you promised, come on, you're, you're gonna, uh, we know you're going to make this happen, but God's timing is not our timing, but I can, prom- I can tell you on the authority of the Word of God, this is not something that just preachers say, this is not something that we're supposed to just kind of hope so. No, we can see in what's recorded in the Word of God, God always keeps His promises. Let's just... Uh, get a little bit of a reminder of just what has been going on leading up to this point. God had shown His plans and His purposes 
to David, for David, and God had promised 18 to 20 years before, this is what I want for David. Okay, God knew the type of king that his people needed. He knew that they needed a man after his own heart. That if they were going to, if Israel as a nation, the people of God, were going to serve God the way that God wanted them to, if they were going to enjoy the blessings of God, they needed good spiritual leadership. They needed a king who was going to lead them to God, a king who was going to follow God himself. And so God uh, selected a man that would be after um, his own heart, a man that would lead, that would shepherd the people of God. By the way, God's plans for the coming Messiah, for the Redeemer of the world. Not just God's, this wasn't just centered around God's plan for David and a couple people back 1,500 years ago. No, uh, or actually 1,500 years before Christ, okay? Um, wait, this, was, this isn't just a story. This God's plan for the ages is centered around what God was going to do in the life of David. God had promised already all the way back in Genesis that, uh, it, that it would be the ruler Shiloh would come through the line of Judah and that there was things that were going to take place. And so God had called David to be the king that would care for his people that would continue the work of God. That's what God had called David to do. David hasn't been king, just becomes king in our text, right? Uh, God had promised to David as a young boy, okay? God had plans for David. You're going to be the king after my own heart. You're going to take care of my people. And God had promised to David, you're going to rule over all Israel. When Saul no longer becomes king, you are going to be the king over all Israel. This was a promise that God had made to him. This wasn't just a hope a wish that David had, this was something that God had said, David, this is how I'm going to use you. This is my plan for you. This is what I want to take place. This is what is going to take place because I have said so. This is a promise that God has given. Or is everybody together? Okay. Uh, God had promised to David a long time ago. But those promises had remained unfulfilled. And if you've been with us, we have seen that though, though, though David was holding on to God's promises, that didn't mean everything was going to be smooth. In fact, the promises of God met tremendous opposition and resistance. Right? God had selected David to be the next king over Israel, and what did Saul do? We're not going to preach the last four months of sermons uh, tonight, but what has Saul done while he was alive? He had resisted. He had said, no, 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 no. Uh, we're, not, we're not turning over the kingdom to this David person. No, I'm going to remain king. I'm not stepping down. I'm going to hold on to my spear, and I, I'm going to remain the king, and I'm going to do what I want to do. And he had done everything in his power to stop God's plan in David's life. Try to kill David again and again and again and again. And he slandered David, and he did everything that he could to stop the plan of God. He said, I am not... I, I'm still going to be king. Even though I know God has taken the throne away from me, I'm going to hold on to this. What is he doing? He's resisting the plan of God. He's, holding, he's saying, I don't want to do what, God has, um, promise, uh, what God's plan is. Saul knew what that was, but he said, I'm not participating in that. I'm not going that direction. Seemed like David would never be king. 
so long as Saul was in place. Well, God eventually removed Saul. It just took a little... Saul reigned for 40 years, but God uh, eventually did remove Saul. But how about this? David made a bunch of foolish choices at times, didn't he? It wasn't that David was just a perfect time, but he had the promises of God. But there were times that David wasn't in the will of God. That David ran off to Gath. Twice! Right? Twice! Once when he was uh, there with the priest and he was lying to the priest and out of, for fear of Saul, he ran over to Gath and said, I need to protect myself. And God had to deliver him from that. And then again, David, uh, well, he had the issue with uh, the Carmelite there with, um, oh, come on, Abigail's husband, Nabal. Uh, there uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 25, who was treating David wrong and David was going to take care of it himself and God stopped him and then David ends up going back to Gath again and living in Ziklag. He, he greatly endangered his ability to serve God. Okay, We should never, just a side note here, we never should presume on the grace of God. Each one of us is more than capable of crossing a line that cannot be recovered from. Just ask Moses. Okay, Moses was the leader. He was, a, he was the meekest man in the earth. He loved God. He was the friend of God. And yet he didn't believe God. He disobeyed God. He struck the rock instead of speaking to it. And God said, you can continue to lead my people to a point, but you're not going into the promised land. And so there, is a, there isn't an idea, well, if God has promised this to an extent, I can just do whatever I want. I got carte blanche to uh, live however. No, 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 that's not what's going on. But what we are seeing is, Saul was attacking the will of God, and David in his foolishness was, at times, was not where he needed to be and was um, um, in danger of really messing up what God wanted to do in his life. Then in the last couple of weeks, we've seen Abner in his rebellion, Joab in his foolishness that, um, where he murdered, uh, he murdered Abner and the... Um, animosity that was caused there and the treachery that would have gone on the name of David. Self-serving men, like those who had killed, who, the Amalekite who claimed he'd killed Saul and the two brothers who had killed Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, said, we're here to help you, David. We're here to let the Lord bring you into the kingdom as they were doing everything that was against the word of the Lord and everything that was out of God's will. They said, we're here to help you, David. That's a lot of opposition. Uh, that's a lot of things where it seemed like, am I ever going to be king? Come on, let's put ourselves in David's, David's shoes. He's, he's been there. He's been promised to be king over Israel. He has the promises of God, and yet he's seeing, he has seen Saul reign and continue to reign and continue to reign and continue to reign, even though Saul is chasing him, even though Saul is trespassing against the will of God. And finally Saul is removed, and then Ishbosheth is set up to be king, and Abner there, and he's waiting, and he's waiting. And remember, Ishbosheth was only king for two years. David is king in Hebron, Hebron for seven and a half years years. So there's more time that's there that just seems to pass where nothing is happening and the time is passing and it seemed, could have seemed like God's will was getting further and God's promises were ending up just like a pie in the sky. Well, maybe that'll happen someday. Maybe God's kind of forgotten about it. 
We don't see David getting there, but it could be easy to see that. I mean, there is the, the time that is just there. And David's not the only one who deals with that. We have promises of God. We have things that God wants to accomplish in our lives, and uh, Satan opposes that in, um, in many different ways. Satan always opposes the will and the plans of God. There's times that we make foolish decisions ourselves, isn't there? Where we're not where we, we, we need to be, or we um, stop following God and stop oper- start operating in fear instead of faith, and we begin, uh, instead of looking unto Jesus, we begin to look at our problems and look at the waves and the winds that are around us and hinder the will of God. I don't know if I'm the only one who's ever been there, but sometimes we read the promises of God. In God's word, and it can seem like never, never land. Okay, anybody ever said that? Well, what about the real world? Wait a second. The Bible, the Bible is the real world, and God is the real world. But there are times where we can look at the promises of God, and then we look at what's happening in the world, and go, "That'd be nice to happen someday." God, when are you going to do something about this? God, are you going to intervene in this? Is it, um, is it even possible for God's promises to operate? Is it even pros- possible for God's plans to work? Sometimes it can really seem like darkness and wrong is winning. Can, can it, I mean, wouldn't it have seemed like that to David as he's hiding in a cave? I'm anointed to be the king over Israel and I'm hiding in a cave. With 400 stinky losers around me. That now I gotta take, okay, that was how the mighty men started, was those who were discontented and indebted and distressed. Uh, those were the guys that showed up, hey David, we wanna follow you. This wasn't the cream of the crop, okay? This was, uh, we would say, the dregs of society uh, to an extent, the, 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 the cast out or the, ca- you know, the dropouts. Okay, that was the word I was looking for. The dropouts of society are showing up, and David's going, I know I'm supposed to be king, but I don't, I don't even have a good Boy Scout troop right now. Um, I mean, we're, this, this, isn't, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. We can look at our world and it does seem like darkness is winning. As we even see what is going on with Hamas and going on with the lies that are being spread about what is going on all over the news. And um, we can look at the promotion of what is evil and what is vile in our society. And we can look at um, how it seems that those who hate God are the ones that are progressing. It can seem like God isn't your church supposed to be growing and isn't there supposed to be uh, more people following you and seems like it's going the other direction. If we take time, if we stop and we just begin looking at our society and we begin looking at our problems and we begin looking at the struggles that are, are in our own hearts and the, 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 the shortcomings and the trials that are there and the difficulties that are there, we can begin to say, God, what about your promises? God, what are you going to do in this situation? But our text this evening reminds us, and God desires to teach us about His nature, about His power, 
and about his character. It, it, this is what our text reminds us of tonight. God always brings his word to pass. Things will happen in God's timing according to the Word of God. And if you want a commentary on some of what happens uh, beginning in 2 Samuel, you can, to, you can turn to the book of 1 Chronicles. And so the parallel passage, they were different books of the Bible written for different purposes, but talking about the same events, very similar to the Gospels of Jesus Christ, all right, that they just tell from a little bit different perspective. And uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 11, 1 Chronicles chapter 12, um, give the correlating details and give some um, more insight into it has two chapters to cover what we just read in five verses, all right? Um, and so it, it has more insight about that. And verse number three of First Chronicles chapter 11 says, Therefore came all the elders of Israel to the king to Hebron. David made a covenant with them in Hebron before the Lord. They anointed David king over Israel, right? That sounds very similar to what we just read. And they include, but the uh, writer there, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, includes this phrase, according to the word of the Lord by Samuel. According to the word of the Lord by Samuel. Samuel's dead at this point. He's been dead for years. Over ten years, Samuel's been dead. And yet, even though the prophet was dead, what God is reminding us because Samuel had spoken the words of God and he had given him the commission and he had given them the promises of God, God's word came to pass in God's timing just like he had promised. And everything that God had promised came to pass according to the word of the Lord. The elders of Israel came to David, to Hebron, for the purpose of making David king over Israel. Now, Think about all that's transpired. We just ran over a couple of the details, right? Abner leading the other tribes to follow him in their own kingdom, and Abner being murdered by Joab, and the, the, all those that had been killed in the war between Saul and David, and the, the civil war, and the slander, and the treachery, and the animosity. And yet they come to Hebron. The elders of Israel come to Hebron, to anoint him king. God seems to be making it clear that this was their decision. This was not the prompting of David. Hey guys, you need to come down and make me king. I'm supposed to be king here. Come on. No, no. It, it, they come to Hebron. They, David isn't traveling around uh, putting out his little flyers and doing, you know, um, I should be the next king over here. No, they come to Hebron for the purpose of making David king. And they do it in obedience to the plan and the will of God. And we're going to see that, but they come. I said, the Lord said to thee, you're going to be the king over Israel. The Lord said to thee that you're going to be the throne over Israel. David's not demanding, make me your king. David is being recognized as king. He's being submitted to as king. They come to David at Hebron and say, you, are to, you're to, you have been chosen by God to be the next king over Israel, and we want to make that happen. How does that happen? That's God. That, that, that's not uh, through conniving, or that's not through anything. They, the elders of Israel came to Hebron for the purpose of making David king, in obedience with the word of God. They came with quite a speech to David, too. Okay, let's look at it. They started off, Behold... 
We are thy bone and thy flesh. Now, they weren't necessarily of the tribe of Judah. But they were recognizing we're the people of God. We're of the nation of Israel. This isn't referring to just the physical tie that they were all the descendants of Abraham. This is also referring to the spiritual heritage that is there. Hey, we're the people of God here. We are, there's a family relationship. Yes, there's been division. Yes, there's been problems in the past. But wait a second, we're still family here. We're still connected here. Um, David, you're not an outcast anymore. You're, we're bone, bone of bone, flesh of flesh. We're together in this. There's a family tie that is there. Then this, they recognize the leadership of David. Verse number two, also in time past when Saul was king over us, even when there was another dynasty, even when there was another king, you were the one that really led us. Thou wast he that led us out and brought us in Israel. If you remember right after David and Goliath, David was promoted to be the general over the forces of Israel. And it was David who led Israel to victory multiple times before Saul began chasing him and Saul um, basically exiled him. David had been a leader over Israel, and uh, they remembered that. God has given you the ability to care for the people of God. God has given you the ability to lead the people of God, and we recognize that. And then uh, they also said, And the Lord said to thee, Thou shalt feed my people Israel. Thou shalt be a captain over Israel. The idea of feed there is to be a shepherd. Okay, it's, it's the active verb of that, to provide for, to guide, to lead, to nurture, to care for. All of that is in that idea, like you're uh, feeding a flock, that you're taking them to where the grass is, you're taking them to where the water is, you're taking them to where it needs, and you're saying, God has given you that. We're submitting you to David not just because you're a good leader, we're submitting you to David because this is what God has chosen you to be. We need to make sure that we're making decisions not based on what just is expedient. Was it expedient for the people of God to have David as their king? It was. It was for their good. But they were making the decision not just because it was for their, for it, this is going to make life better. They were making the decision because the Lord has called thee to feed Israel. It is the Lord that has set you up. It is the Lord that has called you to be the king over Israel. They're making the decision based on this is what God has chosen. And it's always important in our life we make decisions um, based on the purposes and the will of God. That is ultimately for our best, but we need to do that because God said so. If we're obeying because we think we're going to enjoy a better life or just enjoy certain privileges, why are we doing that? We're obeying because we think we're improving ourselves. We're obeying because we're seeking our own way. But they're coming saying, no, no, no. The Lord has chosen you. We need to follow the Lord. And so just as God had promised, in God's timing, despite the oppositions and delays, David was anointed king over all Israel just as God has promised. Right? What are we seeing here? We're seeing God's promises finally fulfilled. David is on the throne. The coronation is set. He is crowned. He is anointed by the people. He is in according to the word of the Lord. According to the word of the Lord. Despite everything that he encountered, God brought his promises to pass. And I want, to, I want us to remember that. I want us to just, just take a service and stop and say, wait a second. 
There's problems. There's problems that we encounter. There's problems that David is going to run to in the very next verses. We're going to see battles that David has to fight. We're going to see problems that begin to arise. Just because David became king doesn't mean everything's perfect and there's the story and everyone lived happily ever after is not biblical here on this earth. That doesn't happen in real life, okay? That doesn't happen until we reach heaven. When we reach heaven, then it is truly going to be happily ever after. Then it is truly going to be, so shall we ever be with the Lord and no more, okay? But on this earth, there's not such thing as, what's well, this happily ever after? No, there's more problems. Cheer up. Uh, there's, there's, uh, there's battles and all of that. But we can go into those knowing God always keeps his promises. God does everything according to his word. And if we go, um, I'm going to uh, pull some verses out of 1 Chronicles. You could turn there um, to 1 Chronicles chapter 11, and I'll highlight some of the verses there. And what we're going to do is we're going to just see three insights. We're going to see uh, three different ways that God provided David the help that he needed in fulfillment of his promises. So God could bring his promises to pass. Um, there was, there's just reading through it and doing the study, I saw it very obviously there's some things that God did to bring his will to pass. The same thing that God does today to bring his purposes to pass. First Chronicles chapter 11, verse number 9, the Bible says, So David waxed greater and greater, for the Lord of hosts was with him. So David waxed greater and greater, for the Lord of hosts was with him. How did God bring His Word to pass? How did God bring His promises to pass in David's life? Number one, He provided him the divine help he needed. He had the presence of God. It was not David's incredible plan, charisma, or leadership that brought us about. It was the presence, it was the help of Almighty God. The Bible says that the Lord was with him. That the Lord was by his side. The Lord was there to aid him. The Lord was there to help him. It was the Lord who was with him. It was God's presence that made all the difference in the world as David became king. Trying to accomplish God, the work of God without the presence of God if we want to know what that looks like, all we have to do is look at Saul's reign. Saul was trying to lead the people of God. Saul was trying to help, uh, trying to protect the people of God. Saul was installed as the king of the people of God. And if you want to know what it looks like to try to do the work of God without the presence of God, just study the life of Saul. Just think about all that we've been through over the past months with the life of Saul as he is literally... Uh, Going crazy, literally, is what's going on. He's losing his mind. He's um, in. He's in fists. He's frustrated. He's discontented. He's angry. He's upset. What's going on? He's trying to do the work of God without the presence of God. It doesn't work. It will never work. Uh, the, that's why Jesus told his disciples, "Without me, ye can do nothing. Abide in me, and I in you. For without me, ye can do nothing." What God has commanded us to do, we can't do without His presence. But what is impossible for man is more than possible with God. Trying to do the work of God with the presence of God looks a little bit like David versus Goliath. 
where that was the presence of God at work. And it wasn't David's incredible sling abilities that brought down Goliath. It was the hand of God. It was the work of God. That what is impossible for mere human beings to accomplish, God can do because He is almighty. Because His presence is powerful. Because He can accomplish. God shut the mouth of the lion in Daniel chapter 6. God was with Joseph in the prison. And God brought Joseph to right where he needed to be. That's the presence of God. You know how David uh, saw God fulfill his, fulfill his word in his life? He was walking with God. And he had the presence of God. And that made all the difference. Number two. God provided David the human help necessary to accomplish the work. God, David had the divine help, the presence of God. And then... Um, Basically, what 1 Chronicles chapter 11 and 1 Chronicles chapter 12 details, if you begin reading it, you're going to see a lot of names that are very hard to pronounce. And you're going to see all kinds of numbers that are there. Uh, one verse, chapter number 11, verse number 10, these are also the chief of the mighty men whom David had who strengthened themselves with him. They didn't just strengthen themselves like Abner did. They strengthened themselves in David, in his kingdom, with David, with all Israel to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. First uh, Chronicles 12, 22 and 23. For at that day, for at that time, day by day, there came to David to help him until it was a great host, like the host of God, as many as the angels. And there were, uh, and these are the numbers of the bands that were ready, armed to war, and came to David, David to Hebron to turn the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. From David's remaining time at Ziklag, but mostly, especially in the years that he was there at Hebron, from all 12 tribes of Israel, men began to assemble with David. The Bible says that they were skilled warriors, that they were ready for battle. They began to assemble at David well over 300,000 warriors assembled there at, with David at Hebron for the purpose of, we're, gonna make, we're here to strengthen your kingdom. We're here to help you according to the word of the Lord. So they knew the word of the Lord and they showed up to begin participating in David becoming king. They came from all the tribes of Israel They were um, that David brought there. That God, excuse me, God brought there to help David. Not only did God bring numerous people, God brought the right people. God brought people that could assist David. First Chronicles 12, 32, the Bible says, And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. Not only did God just bring a lot of people, He brought the right type of people. Here were men of the tribe of Issachar who had an understanding of the times. They knew what Israel ought to do. They were men that had, we would say this, they had spiritual discernment. They had a wisdom and an understanding about them that would have been of tremendous assistance to David to say, uh, this is what we need to do to make sure the people are following and uh, this is what's going on and these are some of the dangers that are taking place in other parts of the country. David hasn't been throughout all Israel as king yet. He's been hiding mostly down in the southern tip and so Issachar was in the north and so they had an understanding of what David needed to know. 
And by helping David, they were participating in God's work. They were playing the role that God had for them. They were, by coming to David and assembling with David, they were being just as obedient to God as David was when he was crowned king. Is it, okay? it was just as important for them to assemble and to assist David as it was for David to be ready to take the crown. Because God had called David to be king, and God had called these people to assist David in being king, and so each person had an important role in the work that God was doing. So God helped David with his presence. God helped David by providing the human help. By the way, David couldn't be king by himself. David couldn't fight the battles by himself. God brought to David the assistance and the help that he needed. Then thirdly, God helped bring his word to pass by giving these different men from different tribes one heart to do the purpose and the word of God. Verse number 38 of 1 Chronicles chapter 12. All these men of war that could keep rank came with a perfect heart to Hebron to make David king over all Israel and all the rest also of Israel were of one heart to make David king. Now, just stop for a second and remember all the turmoil and everything that took place in the reign of Saul and the, the treachery and Joab and all of that that was going on and yet the Bible says these men came with a perfect heart. The idea of perfect is complete, full, the full weight was there. We would say it this way. They were 100% committed. right? They were all in. They were, their whole heart was involved. They came with a perfect heart. There was, they weren't saying, oh, this would be a good idea. No, they were 100% committed. They were all in. David, we are here to accomplish the work of God. We're here to serve you whatever it takes. We're, we're, we're completely committed no matter what comes, David, we're here with you. We're standing by your side. And then the Bible says this. They didn't only came with a, a perfect heart, with a committed heart. They came with one heart. What is that? They came united. They came with a similar heart. Right? They came with a heart together. If you have ten people in a room, you usually have about 15 or 20 opinions on what needs to happen. Right? Uh, what, what do you think about this? Well, maybe this, okay. Uh, we're working on the uh, Christmas invites already. That's uh, for the uh, community Christmas on uh, December 15th, and we're looking at it, and whenever we're working on the graphics or that, sometimes we get input from other people. It's like, oh, what do you think about this? Well, you know, diff all the different opinions, and some, when we can, if we can find a little bit of consensus, okay, this looks good. Okay, that's what we're going to go with. But here comes all Israel, from, diff from different tribes, from different backgrounds, from different parts of the country, and they show up and they are united. There is unity. Our world is screaming for unity. Oh, we all just need to get together and agree and peace and blah, 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 blah. And they never have it. What is some of the most disunity and angry and clash that is going on is where people are screaming for peace and unity. Seriously, if you, just, if, you, if you just take down the headlines and actually look and listen to what is going on, uh, maybe you need earplugs because of all the vile profanity that's going on over there. Okay, but it's just, um, it's not peace and it's not unity, I can promise you that. 
But when people start following God, it doesn't matter their background. It doesn't matter where they've been. If people say, I'm 100% committed and I'm going to give my whole heart and I'm going to start following God, and somebody else here says, I'm going to start following God according to His Word and I'm, I want to do what God says and whatever God says I'm going to do, it's amazing there's unity. It's amazing there's peace. There's churches all over this world that have Arabs and Jews in the churches. We don't have that here, but there are churches, Bible-believing churches, and there's perfect unity. And they serve the Lord together. And there's love and peace. Why? Because they're both following Jesus. There's one heart to follow their king. And when that happens, there's unity and there is peace. See, David became the king over all Israel because God kept his promises. God kept his promises. And God provided the help needed to accomplish his word. He provided the help needed to accomplish his word. From past problems and current circumstances, there's times that moving forward for the Lord can seem impossible. How am I going to deal with fill in the blank? How is this going to happen? How is God going to build His church? How are we possibly going to be able to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Our missions conference starts next week. Right? How are we possibly going to even reach the North Fork, let alone the South Fork and the whole East End with the gospel of Jesus Christ? How is that going to happen? Well, what has God called us to do? What is the work of God? What has God promised that He's going to do? Can I tell you this? God keeps His promises. And God provides the necessary help and heart to accomplish His work. God has promised that He's going to build His church. Okay? He has promised He's going to build His church. Now He's given us commands to do that we are to teach all nations, that we are to talk to people about Jesus Christ, that we are to be witnesses. But it's not going to be because of our great effort. It's not going to be because of our great ability that, that accomplishes because of the presence of God. When God's presence is there, He is going to accomplish that and He can change hearts. Isn't that what happened here in our text? That hearts were changed so there was unity. God can work in hearts and God can accomplish that. But God also can work in the hearts of people that we can work together for the purpose of God and that we can get on board and serve. God's plan is to reach the whole world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. How does that happen? Well, it happens when we take our part in the work that God has called us to do. Okay, we're not all called to be King David. Praise God. Okay, but there is a place that God has for us and we can be 100% committed and we can have one heart. Lord, whatever you call me to do, wherever you lead, I will follow. Wherever you call me, I will go. Whatever you lead me to do, I will do. Even whatever you lead me to give, I will give to help the world reach the gospel, uh, be reached with the gospel and have that part. But when we follow the Lord, God brings His promises to pass. God is going to accomplish His work and He's going to use people to do it. You have a, each of us have a place in what God is going to accomplish. God can give it. it, it it's amazing. If we'll pray for this, I believe God will give us that. He'll give us one heart. That He'll give us... A commit, if we commit ourselves to the work of God, He will give us the unity to do the work of God. And then we'll be able to stand back in amazement and go, look what God has done through His efforts. And look what God has done through His power. And we'll be able to say, yes... God keeps His promises. God fulfills His word. 
David's going to have a lot of battles. Still coming. We have a lot of battles. Just because we're having a missions conference, Satan's going to fight that. And, we, and as, as we continue, we're gonna, there's going to be more opposition, but I can tell you this, God keeps his promises. God's going to build his church. God will pour out blessings on those who give themselves to serve the Lord, his way. And God wants to use even little Community Baptist Church to have a place and have a part in doing the work of God and fulfilling the plans of God. And God will fulfill His promises as God uses us. And it's amazing to watch what God can do in His work and in His power. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before You this evening and we just thank You for who You are. We thank You for Your Word. I pray that You would bless, Lord. I pray, Lord, that You would help us to just give ourselves to serving and to loving You. Help us, Lord, to trust You and to look forward to you. In Jesus' name we pray. We'll take a moment. The Lord has spoken to your heart. Let's do some business with the Lord just for a moment.